I don't know about you, but that felt like an incredibly long time. I knew what was happening, and it felt awkward to me. So I can only imagine, and that was actually less than a minute we waited there. We waited. You waited for me. I knew what was going on. Most of you didn't. For those of you on site and online, it probably felt like a lifetime. You know, in the 80s and 90s, we, we became an instant society. We had instant coffee. Fast food became the norm. It felt like the theme song for Western society was Queen. I want it all, and I want it now. In the UK, a bit after that, there was this kickback against the instant, and I don't know if you know what Guinness is. How many people know what Guinness is? Those of you that put up your hands, I'll be praying for you later. You can come and see me. Guinness caught on to this opposition to instant, and their, their whole advertising campaign was, good things come to those who wait. There was this pushback against everything being instant. We started to see the value in waiting. We now wait for coffee to brew. We don't want that instant granules. I know John Ravichanda, he has his own coffee machine in his office where he takes time to brew his coffee, carefully putting the right amount of coffee in there, tamping it down, carefully putting it into his machine and slowly watching as the coffee trickles through. For now, fast food, yes, we still like it when we need it in an instant, but we, we're no longer satisfied with McDonald's and Burger Kings and just to say there are other fast food alternatives for those of you that think I'm advertising. If we have any McDonald's or Burger King, I am open to sponsorship, just so you know. But we're not satisfied with fast food. Now, we want a gourmet burger. Something that's taken time over, with a bit of care and attention given to it. Over the last few weeks, we've been looking at our theme for the year, which is called a viral story. The story that we can tell people of what God has done in our lives. It's not just my job to stand here and say. It's our job as followers of Jesus to be able to tell people in our world what he's done in our lives. We, both need, to be, we need to be both equipped but also empowered to tell our story. We've looked at the why and we'll be looking at how we tell our story. But can I say, one of the most vital parts of storytelling is listening. Hearing what's going on. Knowing when to be quiet. The wait. In some areas we've learned to wait, but in many others we haven't. Road rage usually happens when someone impedes our forward movement. 
They might not stop it, they might just slow it down. You ever been at the lights and you haven't got away in that fraction of a second that the light turns green and the person behind, meep, meep. Obviously, that doesn't happen in Canada because everyone is so polite. That's only English people that do that. We want instant access to success in our careers. We don't want to work a long time. We want to get there. That's why we have so many things, reality TV. I want success. I want to be famous. I want it now. I don't know if you've ever been upgraded on a flight. A few years ago, I did quite a bit of traveling around the world and went to some incredible places. And on one of the flights, I just happened to get upgraded. And it, it happened before I even got to the gate. It happened as I checked in and they said, sir, we'd like to upgrade you. I said, let me pray about it for a while and I'll fast for several days and I'll get back to you. I didn't say that. Yes, at last. So you get, to, you get to the gate and you get there before everyone else. Like, yes. Thank you for all you normal people. I don't have to wait with the common people anymore. I'm special. No waiting for me. But then the next time you don't get upgraded and you're like you're standing in the queue like everyone else. I don't like to wait in queues. Have you ever wondered how long we spend waiting? In queues, at the bank, at, at airport security, English people have made an art out of queuing. If there's a group of people it doesn't matter what's happening, we'll just queue. There might be nothing at the end, but because we're English, we will queue. The French, not so much. When I go skiing, when I used to ski on skis, not a snowboard, I'd learn to take my poles and plant them between the skis of French people either side of me so that they couldn't push in the queue. We spend a long time in queues. We spend a long time waiting. We wait in traffic. <laughs> our favorite, I think all of our favorite, we love this, don't we? Waiting on the telephone on hold. What a blessing that is. We wait for the repairman to come. We wait in the doctor's or the dentist's waiting room. We wait for Amazon deliveries when they said they'd be here on the morning and it's the afternoon and we're still waiting. On a more serious note, the First Nations and Métis people of Canada are still waiting for justice. There are people in Turkey now waiting to hear of their relatives, whether they're alive or dead. We've got, personally, we've got a, a very good friend that still hasn't been found, and we've seen, he's quite a, a well-known Ghanaian footballer. And, and his wife, we've been in touch with his wife, and she's, she said, said, you know, the news reports that are coming through, they're all false because he hasn't been found, and he has been found, and he hasn't. And she's still waiting to hear his voice with her children. We have to wait for biopsy results and health tests. We all wait. Some of it is serious waiting. Some of it is just annoyance on the telephone. Remember a few years ago, Dee took our daughter Imani to Africa. And Imani was counting down the weeks 
Then she was counting down the days, and then she was counting down the hours till they got on the flight to Tanzania. We wait for exam results. We wait for Christmas. And obviously, there's an app for that to help us. We wait for visas. We could be waiting for our visa for a long time, we've just found out. My niece and her husband are waiting for U.S. immigration to get back to them about their visa. We wait for wedding days as Ben and Bailey are. And anyone that's spent any time in London has learned to wait in traffic a long, long time. Have you noticed that we would rather drive a much longer way round than wait in traffic. Now, it may take us even slightly longer in time to get to where we want to, but we want to be busy while we wait. We'd rather go all the way around there to get there than wait for 10 minutes in traffic. We're all the same. A few years ago, Houston Airport had a lot of complaints about baggage time waiting. So they took on more baggage handlers and cut the waiting time down, but they still had the same amount of complaints. So they actually moved the arrivals gate and the baggage claim place further apart. They just moved it so people had to spend longer walking. The complaints dropped to zero. Not because they waited less, but because they were doing something in the waiting. One of the biggest key principles in the Bible is that of perseverance. Keeping going, waiting with expectation. Many of our time, if we think about it in terms of Easter, many of our, much of our time in the Western world is spent either in Good Friday with the tragedy or Resurrection Sunday in the triumph, but what about the Saturday? What about the bit in the middle when we have to wait? The tragedy we can deal with, the triumph we can deal with, but the bit in the middle is the problem. You haven't lost hope, but Sunday has not yet come. Maybe, maybe in, the, in this sports analogy, it's that time between one defeat and the next match, and we, we're just waiting for another chance. We are living in the until, the waiting season. Today I was going to preach about how Jesus promised that we would receive power. We would be empowered as witnesses from the book in the New Testament that literally unpacks the birth of the church and how to do church and the mission for the church. That book is called the Acts of the Apostles. But I kept being drawn to a verse that's just before that. It's Acts 1 verse 4, and it simply says this. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. Wow. But wait. Wait until the gift from my father comes. Have you ever watched a child at Christmas wait for the gift? I think one of the greatest pleasures that a parent can have is not giving the child the gift, but telling them they're going to get a gift and then watch them 
They want the gift. It's just a bit of a perverse pleasure, really. I often tell my wife what I've bought her for Christmas, and she instantly wants to know, but the greatest gift that I have is not telling her. Just waiting. Let her wait to find out what it is. Wait for the gift. The disciples, these people that Jesus was talking to, to had just come through the tragedy of his death and then the triumph of his resurrection at that point, the appearance of Jesus. And they saw him then ascend to heaven later on, but Jesus said, but wait, wait for what? They didn't know what the gift was. It hadn't been unpacked. They didn't have acts of the apostles to know what was coming. They just had to wait and pray. Acts 1 verse 8 goes on, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When? Wait when? Wait until? Wow. We don't like the wait. It can be so hard. I think wait can be harder than no. At least with no, you have a certainty. I'm not going to get that thing that I've asked for. But a wait is, what? What do I do in the wait? With wait or when, we are, in the words of the 20th century philosophers Bon Jovi, living on a prayer. See, God made promises many centuries before, and people were waiting with expectation for the Messiah. They didn't really know. They, they thought they knew that it was going to be someone that was going to come and release them from the oppression of the, 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 the slavery and, and the fight that they had consistently with the Romans. That's what they thought, but they didn't know what the wait really was about. God said, wait. Wait, how long? You know, with with pregnancy, the last few weeks are horrible. But you know it's going to end. You know that sometime in the next few weeks, this thing is coming out. But the last few days... When you don't know when, horrible. I don't know if you've thought about some of the heroes that we so glibly talk about from the Bible. We talk about it, and and often when we read the Bible, time is compressed. We can read about 10 years in a paragraph, and we think it was easy. Joseph who went from slavery to becoming the second most important man in Egypt, waited 13 years. Abraham was given the promise of a child, and they had to wait 25 years. He was old. There's no disguising it by saying, oh, they were older like we do. No, he was old. Moses had to wait 40 years. Jesus waited 30 years before his ministry began. The Israelites were in slavery in Egypt for 430 years. You see, when we do our Bible readings, as we should, we need to understand so much 
is compressed into such a short period of time in the Bible that we forget that years go past in those times. People were waiting. When do you stop? When do you lose hope? When do you stop waiting with expectation? Our prayer so often is, God, give me patience now! And in this scenario, this account that we're reading about here, when Jesus is saying, wait, wait, wait until this gift, there was about 120 people, and he said, wait and pray. Come together, wait and pray together. Wait until the Holy Spirit comes. You see, so often with the promises, we forget that there is a wait. The promise of Christmas, there's a wait. And they had to wait for a day until those, their expectations were fulfilled. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Jesus actually said, I have to go. How many of us would think, well, it's awesome. If, if Jesus walked into this service now, everything would change. Everything would be different in my life. Everything would be different in our community. But Jesus actually said, hey, it's better that I go so that another just like me will come. See, we, we think it would be great, and it would be great and terrible all at the same time. But Jesus said, no, it's actually better for all of us if I go so that another way may come. He promised the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came and is still here, working in and through the church. He is here for the benefit of the church. That's not me. That's us. We often think that it's all about me, but it's actually about us. The waiting with expectation resulted in power to be witnesses. And I want to talk more about that word witness and the power and how we outwork that power maybe next week. When the Holy Spirit came, the wait was over. It seemed like a short time. And in, in, some, place, in, in some ways, it probably was a short time. But I can bet, like those few seconds where we waited at the beginning of the service, it would have felt like a lifetime. How long have we got to wait? When's it going to happen? What's going to happen? Jesus earlier had told his followers, and this is one of my favorite chapters. When Jesus is talking to his disciples, his followers, he said to remain, abide, wait, be in me. John 15, that is stay, remain, abide. And I'm not going to go into that because there's so much to say on that topic. It may be leave that for another time. But I want to ask us, in our waiting, what do we believe of God? Do we, do we wait with expectation? Because a wait can be, yeah, I'm waiting, I'm excited. Or with resignation, there's nothing I can do. I am powerless in this wait. I can remember when it was so good back then. But right at this moment, there's nothing. We, as followers of Jesus, we sing songs like, our God is an awesome God. But do we believe it? 
It's easy to sing some of those songs, but in the moment, in the circumstances, do we come back to that? This is my belief. This is my foundation. There is someone bigger than my circumstances. There is someone whose promises I can trust. You see, our weight will be defined by our belief of who God is. Our God is a faithful God, it tells us. He fulfills his promises. He is good and his intentions towards us are good. His timing is perfect. He works all things together for good for those called according to his purpose. All of those are promises that we can hold on to in the wait. Or maybe our thoughts go to, does he know what he's doing? Maybe it's only me. See, maybe some of you at the beginning, when I stood up here, were thinking, what is he doing? He hasn't got a clue. Maybe some of you are still thinking that. I don't know. But you see, we need to come back to what God has said and what God has revealed about himself through his word and through Jesus. So there can be an expectation or there can be a resignation in our waiting. Isaiah 40. An incredible chapter, but the end of it says this, even youths, and we- and even youths grow weir- tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. Those people that should have the most energy are going to come to the end of themselves, it says here, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Those who hope or those who wait on the Lord. It's the same word there, will renew their strength. You see, if we are waiting on God with expectation, our strength can be renewed. We can come to the end of ourselves and wait on God. There's nothing else for me, but I'm going to wait on God and our strength can be renewed. Waiting can bring strength. Waiting with expectation causes us to live our lives with forward momentum, not backward resignation. We want to live our lives forward, not be hankering for what was behind. We look to what is ahead, not live on what was behind. And it's not necessarily the good or bad that was behind. Some of the greatest times can be behind us and some of the worst times can be behind us. But we can wait with expectation because of what God will do. So what will you do in the wait? How will we conduct ourselves in the until will actually define our lives? Faithfulness is shown in the wait, the when, and the until. Habakkuk which is a, it's not a a well-known book in the Old Testament. But it says this, and some of you might have heard this before. Though the fig tree does not bud, Habakkuk 3 verses 17 to 19. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, Though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. I want you to understand this. This is an agrarian culture, much like we have been here 
in Saskatchewan over many years. And some of you will understand this better than others. If these things are happening, there is no future. When the farmer looks and sees the crops that are dying, when he sees the animals are not there, when they look at their livelihood and there is nothing, there's no future. We can't make plans. But here's what Habakkuk says, yet. What an incredible word. It's a word that takes us from powerlessness. Because if you've been in a situation where you've lost your job, and maybe the mortgage is coming in, and you're thinking, how am I going to survive this month, never mind for the rest of my life? And that's really what Habakkuk here is saying. Things are dire. It doesn't look like it's going to get any better yet. That word, three letters, can define everything in the wait. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of deer. He enables me to go back. No, he enables me to go on to the heights. You see, when we have a yet in our wait... God does something. And this, when we begin to tell our story to people, it's not just everything's awesome when I met Jesus. My life was awesome. No, no, people want to know, how did you cope when the circumstances of life conspired against you? How did you cope when you lost your job? How did you cope with the death of a child or a close relative? Yet... It doesn't say that we don't grieve. It doesn't say that we don't feel that immense suffering and pain. It says, yet I will rejoice. The sovereign Lord is my strength. So what will we choose to do in the times when it's tough? Will we rejoice and be joyful in the Lord? See, the wait can be a place of expectation. Psalm 62, verse Five and six says, Yes, my soul finds rest in God. My hope comes from Him. Truly, He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. Our expectation comes from our trust in God. We build our expectation on the person of Jesus. I was watching my wife has harangued me, she's nagged me. She's shouted at me. It's been terrible. But eventually I've consented to watching The Chosen with her. And the last one we watched was about the woman with the issue of blood and all the emotion that she would have been going through. But she placed her expectation in, I can just reach out and touch the tassels, the edge of his garment. I know that something will happen. You see, she placed her expectation in the person of Jesus. Twelve years she'd been waiting. Twelve years she'd been suffering. Psalm 40, verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord. One and two. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. 
He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. I waited patiently for the Lord. I don't know that I could write that, to be honest. I waited, not always patiently, for God. See, we, we can be sinking into oblivion, but God moves us and he places his places us on solid ground. But not only that, not only we're taken out from where we were and saved from that place of where we were. This is what I love about being followers of Jesus. We're not just saved from, we're saved to something. He says he puts a new song in our mouth. The waiting will produce strength. The waiting can produce a new song in us. Sometimes We have to choose to sing in the wait. The wait will bring about the promise. The wait reveals what we really believe about God. Maybe you're in this room and you're in a waiting period. Maybe you're on site or online. And you're waiting, whatever it is, for a diagnosis, for results, for a job, for a relationship. For the next stage of your life. Don't wait with resignation. Wait with expectation because it can bring strength. It can bring a new song. It can birth something new in us today. In their waiting, the disciples did what Jesus told them. They believed him. They waited. They were together and they prayed. There is something about being together. There is something about waiting together. That's what Jesus told them to do. There will be times when all we can do is wait. What will we do in those times? Will we wait with expectation or with resignation? Especially when we feel completely and utterly powerless. It feels like everything has been taken out of our control. The fig tree has not blossomed. There is nothing we can do. Yet we can wait with expectation because God has promised that he will be with us. It's not not about filling our lives in the wait either with busyness. Because we can distract ourselves by doing stuff. It's not about that. It is about remaining in Jesus and being obedient. Jesus, when he says, remain in me, he later goes on to say, you are my friends if you obey me. There is an obedience that we have in the waiting. Will we believe God? Will we believe his word? Will we wait for strength to be renewed? Will we wait to be lifted up and placed on solid ground? Will we sing a new song in the wait? Will we rejoice despite the circumstances? Will we wait in Jesus? See, the the account that we were reading earlier is what led to what we now call Pentecost. And the wait for Pentecost saw the birth of the church. Maybe you're in this room and you haven't met Jesus. But you have been waiting for something. See, what you're waiting for cannot be filled by the stuff of life, by success, failure. Whatever it is that you're trying to fill the weight with busyness, it is the person of Jesus. Today, 
the wait for you can be over. We're going to wait again now just for a, a few moments. But I want to ask you, what will you do in this wait? Will you be patient? Will you pray? Will you listen to God? Will you, in these short moments, have your strength renewed? Will you wait with expectation? Maybe some of you will choose to sing in your heart because he's put a new song or will put a new song for you in these moments. One of my favorite songs, and I go back to this song so many times. We sung it here a few times as well, and it's the song, As It Is in Heaven. It is about what we do in the wait. I know you love me. I know you found me. I know you saved me. See, the songwriter here is coming back to the promises and what they know about God. And your grace will never fail me. And while I'm waiting, I'm not waiting. I know heaven lives in me. Should I suffer long, this is not my home. I know heaven waits for me. And though the night is dark, heaven owns my heart. I've got all I need to sing. The songwriter goes on to talk about singing. When there's no need to sing. I will sing like there's no sickness in my body. I will sing like I am free. And in this moment, in this minute or so, that we are going to wait, what will you choose? Will you listen? Listen to God's voice. Will you pray to God? Maybe for some of you, you've never known Jesus. Will you quietly say, I don't know you, but I want to know you and I give you my life. Will you allow God to renew your strength? Will you allow him to put a new song in your heart? Let's wait. I'll see if you could come back. Father God, we learn so much when we learn to rely on you. God, I pray for each person that may be in the Saturday after the tragedy. We're just waiting, not knowing what's going on in their life for the person whose future looks so uncertain. 
And maybe it's a health issue, maybe it's a relational issue, a financial issue. God, I pray that today that there will be a yet. I will rejoice. I pray for those that don't know you. Those that have been searching for you. Maybe not even knowing that it's you they need. God, I pray that they will realize today the wait is over. I pray for each of us, whether we're on site or online, God, that as we wait, our hope will be in you. Our strength will be renewed. We will sing a new song. In the name of Jesus, we agreed together and said, Amen.